Hornet Heaven, Series 1, Episode 3. We've got Lloyd Dino. Earth Season 2015 16. It had all seemed perfectly normal until now. He'd made guest appearances at functions at West Hart Sports Club many times before. Tonight, though, when he arrived, the function room was completely empty. Instead, there was a note waiting for him. He read it. It was asking him to head over to the groundsman's hut. It said the event was being held there instead. Odd, he thought, but so be it. It was a cool November night in 2015. It was quiet. There was very little traffic on Cassio Road. He walked across the pitches towards the groundsman's corner. He peered ahead, but saw no lights. Even odder, he thought, but he'd better carry on and check. When he arrived, the place was all locked up. He looked around. No one. Just a tractor, a wheelbarrow and a large compost heap. It didn't smell great. He stood by the wheelbarrow. Briefly, he heard the sound of something travelling fast through the air. Lloyd Doyley collapsed unconscious. He's been lying there a long time, Bill Mainwood said. Should we check his pulse again? Bill's 13-year-old assistant pressed his fingers to Lloyd Doyley's neck. He's fine, sir, Derek announced in his high-pitched voice. I do feel bad about this, Bill said. There are still quite a few grass cuttings on him. Where, sir? There, on that ridiculous baseball cap. Derek brushed away the last of the grass. He stinks too, sir, Derek said, pulling a face. The two of them carried on staring at the Watford legend they'd kidnapped into Hornet Heaven. Even though his arms and legs were hanging down over the sides of the wheelbarrow, Lloyd Doyley still looked very bling. Bill said to Derek, When you contacted the psychic medium on the other side and asked her to cosh Mr Doyley right next to the portal, I hope you told her not to do it too hard. Derek answered, I told her, Harder than you'd need for Stephen Berghaus, but less hard than you'd need for Hyder Helgerson. Bill scratched his head. I do hope he's going to be all right. After all, it is for his own good. A few minutes later, Lloyd Doyley began to stir. He opened his eyes and found himself behind the pavilion at Cassio Road on September the 14th, 1898. Lloyd had that strange sensation of being in a dream and knowing it's a dream, except that his head hurt 
or was he dreaming that too? He looked down and saw he was lying in a grubby old wheelbarrow. Suddenly, he was worried about his trainers. They'd been fresh out of the box this evening. First things first, he checked them. They were okay. He looked up and saw a lot of faces, mostly men, mostly old. They were all smiling at him. He didn't recognise any of them. Good evening, Mr Doyley, said an elderly man. My name's Henry Grover. I'd like to welcome you. Lloyd didn't recognise the name. He didn't know this man had founded Watford Rovers in 1881. A kindly-looking man and a blonde 13-year-old boy came forward and helped him out of the wheelbarrow. His legs felt unsteady. He wobbled. He did a bit of an involuntary step-over. Mad skills! squeaked the 13-year-old boy. Suddenly everyone smiled and broke into a chant. We've got Lloydinio! We've got Lloydinio! Lloyd raised a hand in shy acknowledgement and wondered when he was going to wake up. Hello. I'm going to be your guide. I'm Arthur, a one-club man like you. You overtook me on Watford's all-time appearance list during the 2013-14 season. Lloyd noticed that the old man addressing him had a very prominent chin. He tried not to stare at it. He apologised for overtaking Arthur and shook his hand. Oh, I'm not put out, Arthur Woodward replied. You're still way behind if you count all my wartime appearances. It's only a technicality that you're ahead of me. Statisticians and their interpretations. Pah! Arthur gave Lloyd a genial wink and led him around the side of the Cassio Road pavilion. All the other guys followed along behind. Seriously, it's an honour to be able to welcome someone who served the club so well, Arthur said. When we heard your contract with the club had ended, we were very disappointed. We love you up here. Up here? Lloyd wasn't sure where he was in this dream of his. He now saw there was a football match taking place in front of a small crowd of 300 or so. One team was playing in yellow, red and green stripes with black knickerbockers and stockings. Arthur told him it was Watford. This is our first ever match under the name of Watford Football Club, Arthur said. We go on to beat Wickham Wanderers 15-0. Lloyd watched a goal go in. He asked who scored it. John Hill. That's the first of his four this afternoon. He goes on to become a director of the club. Ever thought of doing that yourself? You'd be a great appointment. Lloyd felt flattered. He'd never thought of that. John went on to own a tobacconist's on Watford High Street 
before he finally came up here, Arthur said. That might be a nice idea for you too, when your playing days are over. Lloyd had never thought of that either. Come on, we're giving you a lightning tour. There's lots to see, Arthur said, and marched off towards the exit. I'll tell you all about Hornet Heaven as we go. Lloyd briefly turned back towards the others. They waved cheerily at him, except for the thirteen-year-old boy who looked very anxious for some reason. Derek waited nervously with Bill in the atrium. Do you think my plan's going to work, sir? I must say, I'm a bit worried we might cosh him too hard when it's time for him to go back through the portal, Bill said. I guess that's always the problem when you smash a loyal club servant unconscious with an old programme hut sign. Derek raised an eyebrow. Story for another time, Bill mumbled. Derek continued in his high voice. I don't mean the coshing, sir. I'm talking about whether giving him a taste of hornet heaven will stop him going off to play for someone else. Remember, he's only training with Charlton so far, we've heard. But he's such a loyal type, sir. He may attach himself to Charlton and stay there forever, instead of staying at Watford forever, where he belongs. You never know. He might enjoy their afterlife. I bet it's called Happy Valley. But he's ours, sir. He's Watford's, Derek insisted. Well, Bill said, we'll just have to wait and see. Lloyd saw some amazing things. He watched himself coming on as substitute for the injured Pierre Issa to make his first ever Watford appearance at home to Birmingham City on September the 26th, 2001. The substitution in itself wasn't so amazing, but Pierre Issa falling off the stretcher definitely was. Lloyd cried with laughter. He wanted to watch it over and over again. Arthur said that up here, he could. Then Arthur took him to the Millennium Stadium to watch the playoff final in May 2006. But they didn't just sit in the stands. They went down onto the pitch afterwards, right in among the players' celebrations. The joy came flooding back to Lloyd in a way that video footage had never allowed. Next, he watched himself play in a 3-2 home win over Southampton in September 2007. The performance that caused Aidy Bouvroyd to label him the Black Zidane. Then he watched his assist for Tamas Priskin's goal in the FA Cup at home to Chelsea in January 2009. The pass that caused Brendan Rodgers to label him Lloydinho. Finally, 
There was the small matter of a home game against QPR in December 2009 and his first goal for the club after 269 appearances. Arthur took Lloyd to watch this from behind the goal at the Vicarage Road end. Lloyd had never seen his goal from this angle and he never stood in the middle of Watford fans leaping around in disbelief, hilarity and ecstasy that Lloyd Doyley had actually scored a goal. He could feel what it meant to everybody in a way he hadn't truly appreciated before. It went far deeper than just a T-shirt with I was there on the front. At the end of the tour, Lloyd followed Arthur into the Golden Atrium. All the guys from the reception committee had gathered there. We do hope you've enjoyed your taster, Henry Grover said. Lloyd smiled. He said he definitely had. And we hope that one day, in the very distant future, of course, we'll see you again. Henry said. Lloyd thanked him. He said he thought Hornet Heaven was an amazing place. Then there was a silence for a while. Lloyd wondered what he'd said, or perhaps hadn't said. There was more silence. They seemed to be waiting for him to say something, but he didn't dare say he'd definitely be back. He couldn't presume he would end up in heaven rather than the other place. That wasn't for him to decide, was it? Lloyd noticed the 13-year-old boy was looking more anxious than ever. He asked what was going to happen next. Nobody answered. Behind his back, Bill Mainwood nervously raised the sign from the old programme hut. Lloyd woke up in the wheelbarrow next to the groundsman's hut at West Hart Sports Club in the land of the living. He was covered in grass cuttings. He smelt terrible. The sky was getting light. He pulled himself out of the wheelbarrow. He guessed he must have been lying in it all night somehow. Back on his feet, he wobbled a little and did an involuntary step over. He had the sense of a déjà vu. As his head cleared, he developed the feeling that he'd had the weirdest dream while he was asleep. He couldn't remember a thing about it. All he knew was that the dream had definitely been happy. He straightened up and rubbed his head. He felt tired, as if he hadn't slept at all. He was due to be training down at Charlton in a few hours. Maybe he should call them. They were a decent club and all that, but would he really feel at home there? He'd been thinking he needed to explore pastures new. But for some reason, right now, he felt a stronger bond than ever with Watford Football Club. With dawn breaking, 
he walked back across the pitches that ran alongside Cassio Road. This morning, he felt a real connection with this particular place on the planet. He had no idea why. He felt emotional. As he walked, he realised that even if he left Watford for a while, Watford would never leave him. As for the smell of compost, though, that could leave him right now, thanks. End of episode three. The next story from Hornet Heaven will be episode four, Acceptable in the 80s. To find out more, go to hornetheaven.com. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken.